podcast where we talk about uh, all the things. So there you go. Although the last several have been all about the Kenya podcast, but that's just because I think it's important for each one of these guests. This is like almost therapy. You know, people sit down and, and uh, talk with me, and it's cool for you to listen in, and it's great for the other team members too. But this is for everybody. So yet again, a Kenya podcast, and we've got one with Chris Mortensen. This was her, I think we figured out her fourth time going to Kenya, but the first time doing a trip to the refugee camp. And uh, everything that she learned, the team dynamics uh, were a big deal for her, the, the struggles to get there. And just in general, um, I think it's hard to imagine what a refugee camp is going to be like until you get there. And uh, that's a that's something that you just have to be there to experience. So she gives us some insight into that. And uh, without further ado, let's give it up for Chris Mortensen. This is for Josh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Tell me I slurp online or on the on air. That was a big that was a big spike. Look at that. Oh, so how are you doing? Good. Yeah, what's up with the what's new? The Bible study going well? The Bible study is overflowing. We're up to 20. 20. <laughs> which does not fit one. in here. Right. <laughs> so where do you put them? I don't know yet. We haven't had our first meeting yet. It's next <laughs> Tuesday. I told you they volunteered to take turns coming in so we didn't have to split. Yeah. <clears throat> or, or I guess maybe move it to somebody's house. That would be an option, yeah. but it's, it's not the best option. That's even a lot for somebody's house. It is. It is a lot for somebody's house. 20 people in a Bible study. It's not a small group mm-hmm. anymore. Right. What a cool group. But I'm thinking... There's probably actually only about 16. On any given day? No, or that are actually... Pretty active? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's some that just want to be on the list, I think. Sure. And it's, I mean, it's a it's a cool list, too, just of people who are supporting each other. And right. I mean, that's, that's what is awesome about that group is how much people just rally around each other. And you guys are good to each other. I like it. I have one that I'm thinking of that... Comes on her birthday. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, does she bring the treats? Or yes, do people... she does. Okay. We changed it so that they have to bring the treats because we never know who's coming and who doesn't. So right. That's we changed smarter. it so that the birthday person brings treats. Mm-hmm. That is smart indeed. Now, how long have you been doing that? It's been four years? I don't know. Too long. Remember you started that up after your first trip to Kenya, right? Yeah, I started it up when I volunteered to run the computer one time when Barb was gone. Okay. <laughs> and then I never got out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you got tricked into it. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, this was your second or third trip to Kenya? I can't remember. Fifth. Fourth or fifth. Holy cow. I think it's fourth. I have to look for sure, but I know I've been there at least three times. Because you went to... Because I've been to Morunga twice... I got the. I went on the very first one. Right. Oh, right. And then I went two years ago with Sandy. Yeah. And then I went on the medical mission. And then at least Kakuma. Yeah. So it's at least four. So at least four. You know, I always, I don't, I don't forget about the first Morunga trip. I always just call it the Olasirwa trip. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we went to Morunga first. Yeah. We went there first, right? Yes. Yeah. We went there first, yeah. and then went off in the Overlander. Right. That trip was awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ezekiel and his... I think that um, once they start work on the church, I can see a trip like that again. Oh, for we sure. We go around and oh. talk to the people. And 100%. You mean the church in Lodwar? No, no. in Moranga. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, Lodwar, too. Lodwar, too. <laughs> definitely Lodwar, too. But I'm thinking, because Moranga's kind of turned into a different trip. It, it totally than that has. very first one. 
Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done there, just uh, organizing and getting it set, funded. Right. And pastoral research, resource is a big one, too, is is we've got Kuroki. Um, we just have to get him trained in the seminary, make sure that's a good fit, mm-hmm. which we all think it is, yeah. but bureaucracy and right. whatnot. Um, and then once it has a presence, ELC, ELCK is behind it, then it's just a matter of getting the church up and moving and... And then, yeah, go and knock on doors. And yeah, because I think of how much excitement there was when we went and knocked on doors that first year. Mm-hmm. Okay, where's your church? Well, we have a feeding center. That's <laughs> and we're looking to start one. Well, I want to go this Sunday. Right. Okay, this Sunday you can't. <laughs> but and now it's how many years later and we're still waiting. Kenya yeah. time. Kenya time. The speed of church. Nice and slow. But so this so even on four trips total, this last one to the refugee camp, how does it stack up? Just a little closer to you. <laughs> um, totally different in that I felt more unprepared. Yeah. And Joanne and I've kind of had a talk about that. I feel like all the training was kind of geared towards the still Morunga okay thing. There really wasn't a lot of, um, this is what it actually looks like. And, I mean, Keith showed us pictures of the rooms. and Yeah. But, like, I had no idea that everything was so spread out. Yeah. Like, well, depending if you're on what part of. Right. Yeah. But, but Calio Bay, for sure. But, Holy like, cow. we didn't go to Kakamawanto towards the end. So I was, like, totally thrown off. Mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking of a Kakama one where everything's kind of contained and mm-hmm. people are kind of together, not one over here and three miles later, there's another one. <laughs> so spread out. Yeah. So desolate. I mean, it is, I mean, there's there's very little vegetation anywhere. Right. Ugh. The so dust. it was like Oasaria distance-wise mm-hmm. without the green. <laughs> <laughs> With nothing living. Without the resources. <laughs> no farming, no... Uh huh, yeah, yeah. It was like oh, this here we're all spread out like that, but that's <clears throat> that is one of the the newer camps. So that's that's what all those other camps used to look like, right? And I don't know if it's like they've got smarter um, and they're designing them different, or that's the way it was designed before, and they've just built more houses in between spaces. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like the, when we were at um, the first first trip we went. I think it was the first one first or second one um we would have lunch at it was the first one we would have lunch at this guy's house at Farah's house and uh who you didn't meet because he was right. not there but oh you met you met Farah he came a little bit later that's yeah. right um his house we used to eat lunch there every day he's got like four buildings in that same size area that those churches are in mm. or that I'm sorry that the the houses are in so it's a it's a lot like that but everything feels closer because he's put this outbuilding and built a second home for other people in his family. And so it's all kind of on top of each other now where these people are just trying to get their first house mudded up and done and, and just haven't been there that long. But that's the sad part of the old Kakama is how long they've been there. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't didn't look, didn't quite feel like you you were expecting it to feel. No, not at all. (laughs) I mean, I knew it was desert, but in my mind, refugee camp, UN, more organized, more <laughs> compact, more. I guess I was probably relating it to the slums in Cabrera. Yeah. In my mind. Sure. Yeah, what, um, the slums, I think, used to be similar, even there. I think those were much less densely populated, mm-hmm. and the population grew. Those go back a long ways, too. Right. But the difference is there's no businesses per se in the camps not in the like camps. there was in the slums everybody mm-hmm. had a business and then they lived in the tiny room behind it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's i don't think it's permissible i think it's you have to be on the outside so if you're you're not probably going to have a business other than we saw i don't know if you were with us when we saw those ladies crocheting mm-hmm. and oh yeah the crocheting i did yeah. the sewing people i didn't that's like they're it's like a business, right. but I mean, they're not selling that yeah. stuff to other people. It's yeah. going to the States or going somewhere in Europe or something like that, and people are buying it. So a little bit different there, too. 
Yeah. What else? What could we have done better in the training to more prepare you? Hmm. Where's my Joanne notes? I didn't bring those. <laughs> <laughs> I think just, like I said, more, more focused on the camps versus Kenya in general. Mm-hmm. And even Josh and I had a talk about that one night, about the difference between cultures even. Yeah. I mean, because... When you go to Morunga, it is total Kenyan culture. Mm-hmm. But then you go to the camps, and they try, but they don't have any resources. They don't have, you know. Mm-hmm. And you got you got people from other cultures, from right. South Sudan. Right, And their culture is a little bit, it's still that African mindset, yeah. but it's still different. Yeah. And I think emphasizing that a little bit more, like the different cultures, Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even just, like, I knew there were, like, two or three Kakamos, but I didn't realize, like, how they were settled and, like, how far apart they were. And, mm-hmm. I mean, even just, like, a, a simple drawn map, you know, going, <laughs> it's going to be here and, you know. They were going to be way over like, there. Like, we were telling the women to come back to the church, and I'm thinking... Okay, it's way over there. Yeah, right. And what are the directions? That's another crazy one. Right. It's so easy to get lost. Yeah. That's terrifying <laughs> to get lost right. in that refugee camp. And like that one time when we missed the road. Yeah, and almost ended up I in Sudan. I can't remember <laughs> which pastor was with us, but he was like, uh, we need to turn around. <laughs> we missed the road. Yeah. I know for sure. And we're like, okay. And, and About that time road. we get a call, yeah. <laughs> the road is like that dirt area right. that goes that direction. Yeah. You just turn off of the main yeah. road and drive over there. I think there was a lot of emphasis on the journey to get there. Mm-hmm. More so than what's there when you get there. Yeah. So like I was prepared with, you know, my motion sickness patches and all that, which I didn't need mm-hmm. because they had done a lot of the road. The road was a lot better. And not so prepared for, like I told you, I was sitting in that one church, and I said to Ann, so which church is this? And she goes, the one we were sitting in this morning when we first got here. <laughs> because we had went a different direction and right. came back a different door. Right. And I'm like, I mean, it was just, you know, kind yeah. of overwhelming because it was so spread out and everything was... Uh-huh. Everybody else seemed to go, oh, yeah, we're in Kakuma, too. Like, even Jason the other day when he was going through. And that day we were in this one, and I was like, how do you remember all that? Right. Like, I felt like it was just kind of a blur. Yeah, he's a cop. He has to remember those right. details. Right, right. <laughs> we were walking. With, I was with Keith on one of the last days, and it was when we went to Fort Jesus, and it's just that tree in that kind of area. Mm-hmm. And um, we we were left, and we were walking, and just – zigzagging in circles and spinning around and then um, we were with bravo and he pointed over and he goes and that you know, there's the where we meet for the church and i was like oh keith was behind me go yeah that's that's where we meet for the church he goes we're gonna build a church there and i was like well i don't know but that i mean that's and he's he was confused he goes no that's where we were like an hour ago yeah. <laughs> and that's he was what like I was what? Doing. <laughs> <laughs> I go, yeah just the other side of it he's like oh my gosh i'm so turned around yeah yeah, uh, I can't know how they keep things straight. Yeah, and Ann said it with a straight face, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. <laughs> She's like, it's the one we were in this morning before we went to visit people. Like, oh. <laughs> this is the one we invited all those people back to. I hope they can find it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. But that that's not the first door-to-door you've done. No. Because we did that in, in the yeah. first OSU I did feel Monday. like because our time was limited, it was... Like, there was one day, I think, we went to nine houses. Yeah. That was, like, way too many for my mind to... It's really fast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to spend more time. hmm And, you know, there again, I think I was equating it to our first trip, mm-hmm. where we had to walk three miles to each house. Mm-hmm. You know, so you were there for a while. Right. Or even in Moronga, you know, we would do two or three and have to go back for lunch. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the... We may be shifting now that we've built some relationship and they anticipate us coming. Right. They can do some of that in advance. And then we can spend more time in those afternoon times. Yeah. And we can encourage people to come, have the conversations, and try and develop strategies. I mean, there's so much to do, so much to figure out. 
But I, I think the trip is going to start shifting with our next trip a little bit more, yeah. which I'm excited about. I think it'll be good. The other thing I think that threw me off was in the women's group when they said, we need training. And in my mind, I'm thinking to lead Bible study, you know, different. I, they don't even know how, some of them how to read and write. Mm-hmm. Yet alone English. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, because some of them would tell about in our country, we used to do this. Well, it was normally the husbands yeah. that had the, like the one lady said her husband was an engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even like if if we had engineers, like what, what tools would you use? What, what materials right. to build? Yeah, and that is really what it, what it comes down to is a lot of it is English. Read and write English mm-hmm. is a game changer for so many of them. Yeah. You know, and we just assume that they all got together and chatted like we do. And <laughs> they're like, uh, no, we don't know everybody's language, and it's dusty. And Yeah, yeah, the, the women heard more of that story than, than we did from the guy's perspective of not wanting to be outside. Right. Which I, especially if you've got little kids. Yeah. Completely get yeah, it's hard to be out there. You know, we think it's it's because they're Africans and they they've got darker skin, a little bit more acclimatized to it. You talk to them, they're like, "No, it's miserable mm-hmm. hot here." And I'm like, "Oh, we're miserable too." Yeah, <laughs> we're all miserable together. Well, and if if you equate it to other areas that I've been in, Osaria and Moranga, where they have vegetation, yeah, lush vegetation. Mm-hmm. And it gets cooler. Right. I mean, it's not that blazing hot all the right. time. There's a cool in the morning and a cool in the evening. Yeah. Not so much there. They just had a few trees. <laughs> no kidding. Oh. Yeah, anything else about it that surprised you? Or you were unprepared for? I was unprepared for the teen meltdown. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Which is good and bad because... You have this idea in your mind about people, and then you realize they're not that person. You get a way better picture of who they are right? in the foxhole. But then I'm thinking, I told Keith at one point, then I felt bad that I wasn't the one encouraging, because I had planned on them being <laughs> the one to lift me up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm there, and they're all like falling apart, and I'm like, Okay, they're supposed to be the ones telling me it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. Right. It was stressful. Yeah. Well, and you weren't at the, I think it was at Key's house where um, Debbie said to me, yes, and we were in the airport, and Chris looked over and said, well, maybe we should look at what God wants us to do here right now. Mm-hmm. Because her and Ann were all like, we got to get to the camp, we got to get to the camp, we got to get to the camp. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, uh, guys, let's just take a breath. <laughs> and and Debbie said at that meeting, she goes, and I was not ready to hear that. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I could tell by the look you and Ann gave me that <laughs> right. neither one of you were. Yeah. Yeah. You get so focused in your head, like we're going there and doing these things and this date, this time, this, this and this. Right. It's so easy to get off track. And But see, I guess in my mind, and maybe it's because I've been there more. I kind of go with the flow. It's yep. like God's going to get you there when he wants you. Mm-hmm. And so for them, they were so excited to get there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, really, guys, let's like just stop and look around here. You know, there might be somebody we could talk to or, you and know. It's, it is something that doesn't really sink in until you've done it more than twice. Right. Like the first time you just dip in your toe in the water, the second time you can kind of get of, it. Yeah. Third time is when you're like, yeah, yeah, I can roll up the punches. But that's also when I realized how important it is for the people that stay back here. Yeah. Because I was going to my room crying, texting people, going, I just feel so alone. What am I? You know, and they're all going, yeah, I felt that way too. And uh-huh. this is what you do. And, you know, so I don't think I got the full scope of, I mean, I always knew it was important to have people here and praying and supporting the mission without going. But that just really, just like a light bulb went off. You know, and I try and emphasize that, and it's it's not that it falls on deaf ears. I think, I think people nod their heads and go, yeah, it is important for us to be praying for you and, right. and remember you, and they do. You have, in our church, I have full confidence. Plenty of prayer warriors are praying. 
remembering us, you know, tagging along with us on Facebook. But, like, you can't impress upon them how comforting it is to know. Right. And, like, you can even feel. You can, like, yeah. kind of feel this sense of people are right now tuned in and praying for us and encouraging us right yeah. now. I'm it's thinking so of the two times in the airport and then the rollover where we kind of really didn't want them to know the full scope mm-hmm. of how bad it seemed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, I knew there were at least two people in this office praying. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I knew the other person that I was texting was, you know, so it, it was, it was a big thing for me. Yeah. And even I've had a, a story or two where somebody just felt either at that moment in the airport when things kind of went sideways or at the rollover, people were like, yeah, that was the day that I had to just kind of something jogged my mind. And I decided to just stop and pray yeah. right then. And I was like, well, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you what happened. <laughs> Holy Spirit was saying, now's a good time. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I struggled a little bit with the team dynamic because, number one, I the airport thing was didn't seem as big to me mm-hmm. because I hadn't been there before. I mean, I knew that it was important that we got there, but I also knew whatever time we had in there mm-hmm. would be what would need, be needed. The rollover th- threw me off because there again, I was kind of depending on Debbie and Ann to kind of be my support. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> not that they fell apart, but their focus became different. Yeah. <laughs> it, w- it went into 180 degrees. Right. <laughs> or 360 right. degrees. Yeah. Or as Ann said, we rolled three times. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, how many times? I was like, it was definitely once. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely once. Well, and she kept sitting there in the car going, because I said, you know, are you okay? What do you want me to do? And she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. My shoulder hurts a little bit. I'm fine. And I said, what happened? Well, we rolled three times. <laughs> and so then I'm like, okay, this is really a miracle. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. What a crazy event that was. There's just no way to, to put it. It was, I don't know, it felt like like what you see in movies when a bomb goes off or something and people are kind of standing around, not quite sure. Right. You know, looking for... With that glazed look on Yeah. 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 I just... Whew. That was covered with grace. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, that that definitely changed the dynamic of the trip. But I also... I was thinking about it looking back on my other trips. Like, I remember the very first trip talking to you about it afterwards. Like, I thought my mission to go there was to see those children and it ended up being the adults. Mm-hmm. So like this one, when I was talking to Keith the other day, I thought, you know, I felt like I should have been the one stepping up, helping them, you know? And he goes, well, they didn't, you know, they thought it was fine, you know, but I was like, I went with that. Oh, well, these two have been there before and they're going to be my rock and they're going to, you know, <laughs> and God went, Nope. <laughs> mm, smashing rocks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is really his, his mission, his agenda, his, we pray that he would plan it out in mm-hmm. advance for us and, and do all this stuff. And then we're surprised when it doesn't go the way yeah. we planned it. Right, right. <laughs> oh, doorknobs. But I, I think you're right. After You have to go at least two times. Because now to me, it's just like, it's going to, ha- something's going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to go the way we think it's mm-hmm. going to go. And we just need to look for what's supposed to be happening. Yeah. Yeah, I think people wonder about that. Like, why do the same people always go? And why isn't a new group every year? Oh, can, can you imagine? Like, the first team that went, we were basically all newbies. Right. Um, we'd all been to Kenya before, right. I think. Yeah, And I, I think saying you've been to Kenya has nothing to do with being to the refugee camp. Agreed. Agreed. Like, you, you have a basic idea of a the flight few, yeah yeah <laughs> of the flight and that you can kind of be like things aren't gonna go the right. way i planned but then it's so out of out of anything you can imagine mm-hmm. so out of context because it's so, like you said so many cultures yeah languages food everything's different and it feels like you're on the surface of mars yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's bizarre everything i worried about the motion sickness the heat were not a problem at all mm-hmm. which really surprised me (laughs) and when I left I said to Dan I will not 
this will be my last one, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, you know. When I came back, I said, yeah, I think, you know. And, and the reason, because when Keith and I talked about it, the reason I said to him is, you know, I do see the need for the same people to go because you are establishing that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like at my place in life that that probably wouldn't be able to happen. Hmm. Because I want to go to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um but then after, well, I think it was at Keys the other night, Sheila goes, so Chris, would you go back again? And I could see Dan like looking at me like, yeah, sure. Because he's always said, when I say no, I don't, he goes, you will. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I wouldn't rule it out. Right. And I think when Keith asked me, I said, you know, if it's God's plan, I would. Uh-huh. It's not going to be my plan. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not going to say yes, I'm going or no, I'm not. Right. And that, I mean, that's part of the reason why we, we ask people to fill out the, the applications, just because we, we want to know what is the motivation. I, I think that if you, not you, if one wants to go because it's something like, well, I'm not a real Christian unless I do this cool thing, right. or I'm not really a missionary. It's not a bucket list. Yeah, it really isn't. And it's not, it's not a good thing <laughs> to, do, to do it under those pretenses. It has to be. I just feel called, you know, I feel like God wants me to go. And that that's when we go, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Or or when people say I don't want to go, but I feel like God's calling me to go, then we're really excited. Right. <laughs> well, and that's the way it was that very first trip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I totally only <laughs> filled it out for two reasons. Dan told me to. <laughs> and I figured, oh, everybody's so excited. There'll be so many people. Mm-hmm. And then we got what exactly what we needed yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Perfect. that's, yeah, it's one of those that you fill it out. And even this last trip, I said that. You know, yeah. I said, I'll fill it out. I said, you know, I don't know Yeah. one way or the other. And then when Keith called me and said voices couldn't go, I'm like, oh, it must be a God thing. I'm in. Yeah, that's the other thing too is uh, we we put people like kind of in a holding pattern to say mm-hmm. you know it's people have to check within and I think people get annoyed and they're like oh well there's no way I'm gonna go then right I think everybody who was on that you know hold pattern ended up going yeah because like two or three people's schedules flaked out on them or like Josh yeah Josh last minute you know like, oh is there still time can I <laughs> perfect. That was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's a different sort of a trip. So what was, like, the biggest challenge of the trip? I don't know that there was a a challenge that was big. I mean, I felt really didn't feel, you know, other than what I said earlier, you know, Figuring out that because somebody's been there once doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, be my mentor. (laughs) (laughs) They're not pros yet. (laughs) Right, right. But, yeah, I don't – probably just packing so much in, visiting homes. Yeah. And then to be with Josh who said – I mean, I'm writing everything in my book. Mm -hmm. And then later talking to him, he goes, oh, yeah, that was so-and-so. And I'm like – (laughs) <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, to have the young mind like yeah. a steel trap. That kid's funny. His podcast is funny. We're talking, and he's like, yeah, so I'm just learning Italian like on my own because, you know, right. Why I'm not? a full-time student. Might, might as well pick up something else yeah. to do. Dude's a stud. Yeah. yeah. I I thanked him and his parents several times. Yeah. Cause he was a rock star. He was. Other than the time we had to keep him from running to the next hotel. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. I'll just run there. You know where you're going. Right, right. I just had this picture in my head of his mom going ballistic and choking me. (laughs) You let my son. I wasn't there. Don't kill me. (laughs) Well, and I think it was just... And I think I said this to you during the trip. It was good to get to know one of the youth in our church Mm -hmm. because there isn't really a lot, church activity-wise, 
to have one-on-one -on -one talks with them like that. Great. And I had two or three good conversations. And Yeah. Yeah, he's a good kid. And he, that's a big part of, I mean, with anybody, that when you go on the trip, you, like you said, you really get to know them. Yeah. And that was one of his biggest things in his podcast. You know, listen to it. Like I said, it was just up yesterday. He says, you know, that he got to know a lot of people in the church that, you know, he just yeah. doesn't get to know because his age demographic, he's away in college, all that kind of thing. Yeah. That was really cool. Like, what was there a moment in the in the camp doing the stuff that really stuck out as like, man, this is it or big deal? The only one that really stuck out to me, and not because it was a big deal or was the girl that we met, and I, I've got her name written down, but I don't remember it offhand. She was there by herself. She said her brothers and sisters were all at school, and her mom had went back to South Sudan to work. Mm. And I said, oh, how long has she been gone? And she said, three months. She'll be home today at four. Mm. And I said, oh, that's, you know, that's nice. And then I said, ask her where her dad was and she just sobbed and mm. i had been telling people she was like 12 13 i looked up she was 16 16 but they're basically by herself and her siblings were like 14 on down i think there were three or four of them mm -hmm. and to not know where her father was in the back of my mind, I'm going, okay, her mom went there to look for her dad. Mm. Her mom probably might not come back. Seems unlikely. And that was one thing Keith helped me work through. That was something that she said to give her hope. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I said, what happens if her mom doesn't come home at four? He said, she tells him that again, the kids again tomorrow. Because that's that's what their hope is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just imagine the the responsibility she's taking on as right. mom of the house, head yeah. of the house. And it it always strikes me as um, just intriguing. I've heard stories like that in an American past, mm -hmm. but it's a hundred years ago, right? You know, it it doesn't happen that way anymore. Yeah. You know where. Uh, World War One, um, mom. Something happens to mom, and dad's off at the war, and I became the man of the house, or mm -hmm. whatever. Jeez, holy cow! Yeah, it's unreal. But to have that hope that, yeah, my mom just went for a little while to get some money. You know, she was going to mm -hmm. go work for a while, and whether it had been three months or three years. And it's a perilous journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, just... And she, I mean, she said, she'll be home at four today with conviction. I mean, I thought, oh, she must have got noticed that... Maybe. Yeah. but probably then not. Yeah. <laughs> but then when Keith and I were talking about it later, we were like, yeah, that's probably what she... Uh-huh. That was frustrating for me from the standpoint of I wanted to hold her. Yeah. And they're not touchy-feely. No, I mean, it was super weird. <laughs> and, like, I was sitting beside her, and she kind of leaned a little bit mm -hmm. and kind of put her hand on top of mine. But even looking at the picture, it looks so awkward. Yeah. But she, and I guess that's why she came across to me as, like, 12 or 13. It was like that little girl that just needed a mom to hold her. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she's got probably... I don't know. Did you ask her if she had any family, other family, uncles? She aunts? didn't seem to. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, even even in our history here, 100 years ago, these things happened, but there was a community. You know, there right. was other people at least to take you under their wing, but it's, it, it's a camp of 200,000 people, and they're all alone. Right, right. It's so weird. And that was... One thing I don't think I was prepared for. There were people there that had family in the camp but didn't know it mm -hmm. because they're so spread out. Mm -hmm. Arrived at different times. There's there's no real way to connect and mm -hmm. end up being on the opposite sides of camp. And how do you know? Right. I think it helped a little bit because I'd read that 
book on the Lost Boys. Yeah. About how, you know, like they he found his uncle halfway, you know, on his journey. But yeah, just I don't think you can as Americans can even get a picture a true picture of how far they walked mm-hmm. to get where they are. With nothing. Yeah. And then to understand even after 15 years, when you ask them for prayers for my country to heal so I can go home. Uh-huh. You know, and as Americans, we think, well, how we don't have a home, you know. Yeah. Somebody else is living, you know. They don't think that way. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even that idea, like, well, let's let's figure out a way to, to take them in to America, process them, intake them, so they can build a life here. What we discover most of the time, is especially, it's almost like the further away their home is, the worse their transition is because now all we've really done is put an ocean between them Mm -hmm. plus most of the continent of Africa to get back to their home. Yeah. This morning when I had breakfast with Tanya, the one thing that she told me that I thought was curious and funny, and I've seen it here and going with Eladad, she said, Eladad's a completely different person over there. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, he is. <laughs> he is in his element. Yeah, and, but like you said, we don't think about, oh, well, we, they're here. They have everything we can have, you know. Uh-huh. They don't want it. They, that's not their culture. That's not their life. Yeah. If they're like, it's like a, a saltwater fish that can live in freshwater. Mm-hmm. They manage, but they don't thrive right you know putting them in their element where where they love the culture they know the culture familiar with the culture mm-hmm. man that's a game changer yeah just at the drop of a hat it's a game changer and that's i mean i wish we can get that into people's heads there's a huge i feel like i've been beating this like a like a dead horse now there's a huge difference between refugee and immigrant right it's such a big difference it's it's a whole different mindset and there's refugees everywhere mm-hmm. Every, I mean, it, Des Moines got a, a, a huge population of people from all over yeah. in South Sudanese, Sudanese, Burmese. Every, every major city in the United States has a pretty heavy population of refugees. Mm-hmm. It, it is not a thing that happens at our southern border only. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's what we think of it as. But it's, it's a very, it's very good. It's, it's, like, it's like the camp in general. There's so many things I wish were different about the camp, and like I want to get mad at the UN, but if but no UN <laughs> means they all just die, right? I mean, two hundred thousand people just evaporate right. into dust in the wilderness. Right. So, yay for UN, but yeah. boo, you could do a way better job. Well, and it's like when I've talked to Henry and Elodad and some of them about. You know, the difference between what they do to make a living in Kenya versus what they have to do here mm-hmm. to get a job or to... Yeah, high, business people with good degrees in Kenya um, come here and they, they have to take low-end low, low mm-hmm. end jobs. A lot of it is they have good English, but they have heavy accents. Right. And if, if they struggle to understand, they don't get hired. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a tough spot. But what always surprises me about the camp is the lack of official presence. Yeah. Like when you say we had to be out of the camp at a certain time, I had an envision like a wall. Big gate shutting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a security guard and, mm-hmm. you know, we had to check in and out and nope, the gate would shut and <laughs> we couldn't get in or out. We just have to drive over there. <laughs> right. Be away from it. Yeah. And it's one of those things. Like I've I've probably seen five official UN people in the camp in three years. Yeah. In all the days and all the places we've been. So I mean, if you got caught there after hours, it would be a problem. You'd be in trouble. The odds are pretty low. Right. <laughs> it's right. Pretty darn low. I just always thought that there'd be, you know, even even just uniformed people similar to guards even mm-hmm. if they weren't carrying guns or just officials around it isn't it is wide open there's there's no police there's no there's nothing anything there is official is surrounded by razor wire and, right. and all kinds of like you have to stand in line to get into the hospital and the UN people in the hospital are, are not coming out of that hospital to help yeah. anybody 
No ambulance. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. No sutures. No sutures <laughs> apparently. Well, I've already I've already talked to um, the Sheridans are back. Oh yeah. Um, so I've seen them last two Sundays, and I, I talked to Phil about it, and I, I want to shoot for like a medium, not not full EMT training, mm-hmm. but something along those lines. I was like, just if I could know how to do stitches, yeah, just a couple of different things, that would be a game changer. Yeah. So we're gonna talk about that. Cause yeah, yeah, it's it is wild west. Do you have a, you have a, like a joy moment where you were, oh, or a light bulb moment, a positive thing? Hmm. Can't think of one off the top of my head. Probably the women's group. First of all, I was totally blown away that every woman I had seen that morning was there. Now, some of them I didn't recognize right off. Because they had to change, probably. Well, the one girl <laughs> had long, red, wild hair. But when we were at her house, she had it stuffed up in a stocking cap. Mm-hmm. She was the one that had the little boy that was handicapped that couldn't eat or move or we vi- yeah, yeah, I was with you when we visited yeah. them. Yeah. So it took me a while. After she started talking, then I was like, oh, that's that one lady that we visited. Uh-huh. But she had all that stuffed up in that stocking cap. Mm-hmm. But then the American in me went, and who, where's that little boy? That's a good question. You know, it was like, I'm so glad she's here, but where's her kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there a, st- I'm trying to, I'm so bad at remembering. Um, was there a story about how that kid became handicapped? Was it? I think he was born that way. Was it polio? I don't remember. I can't remember either. I just know she said he couldn't walk. Yeah. She said he didn't talk, but he did make noises. Yeah. 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 He was, he was severely handicapped. Yeah. Could, could very, almost not eat right. by himself. I mean, right. it was it was a matter of having to use his fingers yeah. and just barely being able to, to do it. So, uh, oh, can you imagine that, that full-time care of a, of a handicapped yeah. person? In Ooh. that environment with the hot and then... And she had a few other kids, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That was an interesting day because immediately after that, I think the next house we went to, we were talking to this lady and... And she was still trying to recover from illnesses, and I asked which illnesses. And as she's listing them, I'm like, okay, vaccinated, 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 vaccinated. Because yeah. it was all of them. She had diphtheria. Right. I think I was looking at her page in my book this morning, and I was like, <laughs> okay, were those things she wanted us to pray for, or were those things she had? I, well, <laughs> I no, she, she yeah. had or had them. That's what right. I couldn't figure out was right. like, had them yeah. or have them? Because <laughs> yeah. those are two different things. And... uh I was like, oh, well, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> so I put hands on her, and I prayed for her, and I turned around, and I, as we're walking away, just bathed my, my elbows down in hand yeah. sanitizer. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 I don't get something. Yeah, she had typhoid, diphtheria. I think she had yellow fever. Man, I was like, I don't know how. Oh, she had malaria. Yeah. I don't know how you survived all of those. Her immune system must just right. be like rock star level. Were you with me the, I think it was the last day. Josh was with me, I know. And we met the lady whose husband had died and daughter had died. Mm-mm. She, we did have, we do have a picture of her. And I don't know how old she was. She looked like she was 130, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was just this little frail lady sitting in her chair, totally, you know without hope because everybody had died and she was there by herself. Mm-hmm. She, she was a hard one. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you hate to, I mean, even in, in our, in our country, you hate to think about elderly people as a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you try not to talk in those terms and you work around it, but in a refugee camp, man, if, if you can't do much, the, you will be, you know, if you need help, that's a burden on somebody. Right, right. 
And everybody has a lot of burdens. Yeah. It reminded me of the lady that we visited in Morongo that the neighbors all came, but they wouldn't help her because they didn't have enough to help her. Mm-hmm. And once they helped her once, they had to help her for life. Mm-hmm. So there she was by herself, but they yeah. weren't going to help her. And I thought, you know, at least there, I felt like they all had crops of some kind. Right. I mean, out in the desert, like, they had nothing. Yeah, and that was another one that uh, I, it actually it caused a visceral reaction in me when I was talking to a couple of the people, and they were saying, yeah, when they moved us from Dadab, which is, they, they said it's closing, it's still mm-hmm. open, and it. I just wonder how, how much of that is false hopes or if it was, or whatever, right. lies, I don't know. But they did tell them that we are sending you to a place that is very fertile, and you can grow crops there. Can you imagine? Yeah. As they got off of those buses and the and the big lorries and looked around and just went, "You got to be kidding me! Right. Nothing grows here, <laughs> or maybe it would grow, but there's no water." Right. That's the problem. Yeah, that. And it's it's not like Dadab is a, is a good refugee camp by any stretch of the imagination. That's why they had to move them. But my word. Just no no opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good trip though. How's how's it been processing coming back? I felt like it was taking a long time and then one week I kind of felt like, yeah, it's kinda of coming together. And that's when I met with Keith. Because I was I was frustrated because I couldn't remember anything, like the people and that kind of stuff. And I think that was just sheer numbers mm-hmm. compared to my other trips where we had done, like, you know, two or three people or families. But then when Keith and I sit down and talked, and he was, like, telling about the people with the sewing machines. And I was like, oh, I didn't get to see that. Mm-hmm. And then I was telling him about the lady whose husband and daughter had died. And he's like, oh, I didn't get to see, you know. Mm-hmm. So then you start realizing, yeah, everybody didn't necessarily see completely everything different, but we reached more people because everybody went to different situations. Absolutely. And I was feeling like everybody I went to see believed in Jesus. Yeah. And I was kind of (laughs) disappointed. You know, it was like, and they all like, not just said they believed in Jesus, but you know, I go to this church every Sunday or my husband's, you know, a leader in this church or whatever. And then there was one girl that said, or lady, young lady, that said she didn't even know who Jesus was. Yeah. And that's the one they're like, oh, Luke's right over there. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Get him. I'm like, it's Kenya. She'll still be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, she will be. After Which I'm very thankful we have Shara. Yeah. Yep. Because without her, without her knowledge of the culture and her tenacity to not let them run over her mm-hmm. yeah she makes it work and you know the a lot of that sort of work about people who don't know jesus and and have no saving faith or, or connection anywhere i mean the vast majority of that happens when we're gone right and that's you know i, I get it um we, we want to go over there and and the impulse is to do something and, and some people dig wells and Nobody mm-hmm. uses them or all this. But even like what we do over there, when we don't do something, we connect with people, still you want to like, but I want something to happen. Somebody come to faith and be baptized. And But at the, but what I came to realize is that particular lady, I felt bad because we didn't spend more time with her mm-hmm. because it was the very last <clears> place <throat> we stopped. And, you know, it's like we got to go eat and get going. Mm-hmm. But then after I kind of worked through it, it won't it wouldn't be the same if I had sat down with her and witnessed as her own pastor or her own mm-hmm. people around her. Mm-hmm. Because yes, I could have sat there and talked to her for hours. Yeah. But then I'm gonna leave. And if that's all she's heard, she's not gonna reach out to people. Right. 
Right, and how much of it is going to cross over from you to a translator to right. her. Right, and she, she doesn't have a Bible. She doesn't have, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like she's like, oh, great, now I'm going to read my Bible and find out about this guy. Mm-hmm. So that's what, because somebody asked me the other day, so what do you feel like you do there? And I said, it, the way I felt when I was there and after I worked through it coming back was I was there to encourage the people that are already there mm-hmm. to continue doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And and give inspiration and mm-hmm. motivation. And a big part, too, is accountability. Yeah. So they know we're coming back. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not in like a wielding the hammer, like, right. we're coming back. You better keep working. But, you know, with Farah and so that, that young lady um, – and there's actually a couple of people on that same day who are all like, we don't know Jesus, mm-hmm. we've not been baptized. I made sure, I was like, all right, so you have notes on who they are, yes. And you know Farad, yeah. And so he is going to come back, and with Mutai, yes. And you guys are going to, yes, we're going to make sure, get them connected. Right. Okay, bravo, you're for Jesus guy. This is your territory. You're going to follow up here. So, so even anybody saying that is an, is an important thing. Mm-hmm. But for us to say I'm, I'm putting this responsibility right. on you they really do feel like we, we so we have to be careful like how much responsibility we put on them but when we say this is your responsibility they have indicated that they would like to know who Jesus mm-hmm. is and potentially be baptized we're leaving and this is now your responsibility this is on you yeah I mean guys that, that have been over there and, and women too there's been people over there take that to heart mm-hmm. and they're like yeah the the american the mzungu said they we should do this we said we would do it and they're coming back let's go tell them about jesus try and baptize build the church i was telling somebody it's kind of like a parent teaching a kid to ride their bike mm-hmm. you can encourage them and give them the skills but then they have to do it themselves mm-hmm. so for us to go over there and do stuff wouldn't work because and it'd be like, here, let me teach you how to ride your bike. Now I'm going to take your bike and go home. Yeah. You know. <laughs> or go over there and ride a bike. Right. And be like, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is how you do it. Woo-hoo. See you next year. Yeah, they have to figure it out. They, they have to take the responsibility. They have to take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, look how much ownership they have where they're going out, building churches, starting churches. Another thing out. that I hadn't thought about, which makes sense once I got over there, was how young the leaders are. Yeah. Yeah. They all because, started really young. Yeah, because most of them came as kids. Their dads stayed to fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. And how exciting it is that they're <laughs> stepping up. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it is New Testament biblical kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, rewind in, in our own history... You know, 7,500 years, you graduate eighth grade, you're 14-ish, 13, 14, time to get to work on the farm and take full responsibility, right. drive the tractor or do whatever you do, and, and this is now your responsibility. And people got married real young and started having kids right. real young because that's, that's just the way it worked. And now we don't consider, you know, anybody, Josh isn't a grown-up and he's 20 years right. old, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that dude's incredibly responsible and can totally live on his own. But. Well, that's what I thought. If I if we would come back and say, if you're 35 and older, leave the church. Mm-hmm. These young kids are going to take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Total mess. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Imagine the council and the elders yeah. capping that at 35. <laughs> And that's one thing I say, like, we actually have a lot of young people on council and elders, and I keep saying, we need to make sure we have the older presence mm-hmm. in, in leadership positions, because, you know, when something happens in a church, if you're, if everybody's under 40 years old, they're all like, oh, yeah. and you get, you know, somebody has been on council before, or is 80 years old and, and been in the church forever, goes, nah, seen worse. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get through this. That's kind of how I felt on the trip when everybody was like, oh, we're never going to make it. And I was uh-huh. like, yeah, it'll work out. It'll work out. Yeah, which uh, was probably very annoying to them. But. No, it's, it's a real <laughs> anchoring, comforting thing. And that's like usually uh, with Deb, that, that she's a great example. 
things that annoy and bother her are usually good for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and too, I make Anne really mad all the time, and that's <laughs> always in a good way. It's it's frustrations over, you know, I should be chilled out about this, and I'm not. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's good. Well, yeah, because at one point she had, and I don't remember if that was. Must have been at the airport still when she said, you know, God must be teaching us patience or something. <laughs> well, you know, then two hours later it came up again. And I said, yeah, we just have to keep remembering that patience thing. And uh-huh. she goes, I know that was me. And I was like, no, no, I didn't mean you personally, you know. Right. But yeah, you d- it, it is it is a great eye opener too to realize, because I think people sometimes feel like, oh, Nobody's as broken as me or nobody, you know, is as screwed up as me. And then to go with people that you've got a certain mindset about Mm -hmm. because you've only seen them in their strong moments and go, oh, yeah, they fall apart just like I do. They're humans. (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh, we're all humans. This is good news. Yeah, it is. It's really good news we're all human. Yeah, so the transition back, better or worse than previous trips? I think it was better once it occurred. There was a lot longer debriefing period. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because it was so short, everything like Anne, Anne put it good. She said we were in crisis mode all the time. Yeah. Like we went into the camp in crisis mode. So that it took me a while to work through, like, you know, oh, what did I even do there? Who did I see? Who did I talk to? Mm-hmm. You know, because I came back just remembering like the rat and the mouse and the rollover and the airport. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. For me, this this trip was it was quicker to kind of get back my head screwed back on straight. I don't really know why. I just I feel like there is the the team absorbed more than I usually absorb. I mean, every, everything was laid out on the table. There there was nothing behind the scenes. There was nothing. I mean, it just all of the stress was all processed outwardly, and mm. everybody shouldered some of it. So usually, me and Joanne or Keith, you know, individually and, and together, will shoulder a lot of stress that the team doesn't see. And then we're unpacking that right. the whole time right. as we get back, just trying to get our heads screwed on straight again. And this trip, it felt like everybody wore some of it, so everybody processed it, and in total, it went quicker, mm-hmm. which is probably well, I good. remember you saying that, you know, at some point you went, no, oh, this trip isn't going to happen yeah, in Paris. I thought so, yeah. And everybody's like, oh, I never thought that. I did. Yeah? You know, I, I mean, I was like, but to me it was more not stressful, it's like, eh, if it doesn't happen, then there's a reason. Right. You know, where they were all stressing, like, well, we got to get there because we have work to do. You right. know, we got we got to see those people. What if we don't go? What are they going to think? Mm-hmm. And Ann and I had a conversation about that. And I said, you know, it's more important that they know that we attempted to come. Yeah. I said, even if we don't make it there. Yeah. They know that what we would go through to get back. Yeah. In, in my head, it was it was all just a matter of, like, scheduling. Right. And, and I'm thinking, do we try and redo this in, like, three weeks? Like, people yeah. took off work for this? There's no way people are going to be able to be like, oh, never mind. Yeah. I'm not gone, even though I'm gone. Right. I want to be gone again later. It just, yeah. that whole fiasco and, and spending a year, you know, absent from our presence being right. there. It was just, oh, all that was weighing on me so much. And I, and I didn't breathe a word of it. And, and Keith was like, no, it never crossed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, it was crossing mine. Yeah. Jeez. It did mine just because, like you said, scheduling. Yeah. Especially when they said Monday. Yeah. I thought, you know, those. I'm sure those planes don't fly every day from Lodor right. kind of thing. You know, and so I was like, mm, you know, this might be. Right. And that's probably when I said out loud, maybe we need to stop and look at uh-huh. what we need to see here because <laughs> in my mind i was thinking this might be where god wants us to witness right now yeah yeah i didn't know if they if they went every day and i also didn't know how far in advance you had to book those flights right because i mean you you can't just put a whole big group of people on any old plane in the u.s yeah. you know 
Right. Three hours from now, going to wherever, yeah. like it just. Yeah, it wasn't like there were two or three of us. No, yeah. no, I was, I was. The really whole nervous. hotels, setting, staying in separate hotels, didn't bother me. Yeah. Like he said, that really freaked him out. It stressed me out too. Yeah, I was, I was only nervous just because um, I was worried. Number one, so I, I didn't know where everybody was, and I, and I couldn't quite confirm everybody was okay, even though we did. Yeah. At the end of the night. I just knew communication was getting wonky, yeah. and if we get stuck again, are we going to know where everybody is? Right. How are but we see, I had this? Josh with me. Yeah. Josh was <laughs> like, oh, you know, like when we got the text about get on the train, mm-hmm. Josh was like, there's no train around here. I walked around. We just need to get on this and go, you yeah. know. <laughs> and Josh would be like, oh, are your feet tired? I'll just carry you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At one point after the after the rollover, he was was – Pulling jo- uh, Anne's suitcase, and he looked at me. Goes, I'm sorry, I could do yours too. Because before that, he had been taking mine. I'm like, I don't really care. I'm kind of used to doing my own. Right. Like, you want me to carry the car? I'll carry the car. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's such a good kid. Yeah. He was, and he was a bit of a curveball. Like, I, I don't know, was what's a kid? You know, I mean, we we took high school students, but I feel like high school students kind of under the care of. A parent, no, a parent. Or, yeah. um, and at, at that point, you know, Morgan and, and Delaney are basically the same kid, I mean, right? And Julie's their mom. Um, this is different, right? You know, he's we're, he's a grown up, yeah, but a kid. Yeah, the mom and me came out a couple of times when I'm like, "Did you text your mom?" <laughs> well, I told her there was an accident. I wasn't involved. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I knew at that point she was asking other people. <laughs> yeah, there's an accident. I'm not involved. Yeah, that was that was the communication mistake that I made. But I, in in my defense, I said to everybody, "Has everybody texted your loved ones and told them?" And everybody said yes. But Keith didn't hear me, <laughs> so oh. uh, he had not texted Sheila. Oh no! <laughs> so Sheila didn't know if he was involved, if he's in right. the vehicle or not. So I get it. I understand why she was upset. Yeah. Ooh. I do think he did an awesome job. Oh, he did. And I I said it to him, and I actually said it to Joanne too. I think it would have been different if Joanne had been leading. Just because from a female aspect, I think it becomes more emotional. Sure. Where he could put on that business face and just deal with those people. and Oh, and they listen to men right, better. It's right. part of the culture. Yeah. And and that's a bit of his personality, too, is, is he and, and Sheila will just roll with the punches and be like, I don't know, what do you want to do? Well, let's just go to the airport and find out where we're going today. Right. Woohoo. Yeah. And, and just rolling with the punches is a total key thing. Mm-hmm. Um. And Joanne, you know, to an extent, but she does like to have things figured yeah. out. and So, very interesting. I just think the whole team would have reacted different. Sure. If there had been a female in charge. Because, like you said, they don't listen to females as well. So, then you would be having to step in. Yeah. You know, and then I think the other women in the group would have felt that, mm-hmm. you know. I think it just would have cascaded down where... Keith kind of, we all just went, Dad's got it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, and there's there's a sense of that, too, probably why my stress level was, was down. I, I'm always, so my, my role is just a little bit different. It's, it's always trying to coach and support the leaders mm-hmm. and then coach and support the team and then coach and support um, where, where I'm able to and it's useful, Shara and other people, where this time, I mean, I, uh, Keith took on a lot of that. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. Got to sit back here and, and do the stuff I do. Right. It's kind of like having triplets in kindergarten. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you have a whole new freedom. <laughs> oh, it's glorious. Oh, it is glorious. They all get on the bus and go away every day. All of my kids go away. And there's no, like, break in the middle of the day where right. I have to take them yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't have to go home. It's so nice. Yeah, that has been awesome. They're all in different classes, too. Not huh, crazy. Each one, different teacher, and uh, everything is going great. I'm stoked. What else you want to tell people about the trip? Just, I just think the point that I made earlier about it's not whether you go or stay. There's mm-hmm. a really important job for both of those people. Yes. 
it's hard to impress on mm-hmm. people how critical it is that you're here praying, encouraging, <coughs> excuse me, even just to know people remember you mm-hmm. and are thinking about you. And I mean, it, it would matter. It would matter to somebody if we got hurt. Right. And, and people would know and, and people would want to do something. If they can't do anything, there would just be a swelling of support. Yeah. It's huge. I remember, um, I think it was the first trip to the refugee camps. At one point, we were all kind of standing around, and somebody went, dude, church is getting ready to start, like, right now. Oh, yeah. And we called we, in. Yeah. <laughs> and then we couldn't see you on the video, and we're right. all crying, going, I want to see your faces. <laughs> but just the feel of the team was like, right. our people, yeah, our people right now are, are getting ready to worship. Mm-hmm. I want to connect with them. And I was like, make it happen. And Keith did some magic, and Josh tried to do magic, and the technology magic didn't quite work, but we got close. Yeah. You could hear us. We could hear you. Right. Gosh, that was fun. That was fun. Yep, that was an hour. Good. (laughs) I know you didn't want to do this, so I do appreciate you coming in. It was, it's not so bad, right? No, it's not bad. All right. Thanks for coming in, Chris. You're welcome. There you have it. Thanks again to all my listeners. Uh, really appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast. It's, uh, I don't know, it's fun for me to do. I say that all the time. Fun for me to do, and I think it's a beneficial thing um, to get to get these stories out there. So uh, thanks to Chris Mortensen for being willing to come in, even though she really did not want to. Uh, it's fun. It's fine. It's easy. And, yeah, learn more about refugees and figure that stuff out because it's a big deal. But anyways... Uh, that's enough. If you want to find me, follow me, talk to me, whatever you want to do, you can find me at Luke underscore Tim on Twitter, Luke underscore Tim on Instagram, uh, Luke Tim on Facebook. Uh, you can email me all the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com, blah, blah, blah. There you go. That's all you need to know. Uh, Till next time, be good. Uh-huh.